Hey, 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 it's Samantha Hildebrandt, your host of the Type 1 Tribe podcast. Today, we have Jillian Rill on the podcast. You may know her as T1D Chick on all of the social medias. She is absolutely awesome. We dive into her diagnosis story of living with type 1 diabetes and what it's like to be pregnant with type 1 diabetes because she is about halfway there and she shares all of her tips with pregnancy, what first trimester was like, how second trimester is going, what she expects or maybe is worried about for third trimester. So we dive into all things Jillian. So let's get into it. Here we go. Hi, Jillian. Hello. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Good, thank you. I actually yeah. just had a little bit of a low blood sugar before actually starting. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like the perfect time. <laughs> Good thing you caught it before, not like during where you're like, oh no. <laughs> uh -huh, yes. So this is the best podcast to have that on because I'd be like, oh, just yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought it was so fitting. And then um, because I teach, I always have glucose tabs on me and they're just like always like, you know, just within reach because sometimes you're like teaching or doing something and you just need to like pop them in. <laughs> I, I feel that. Yes. <laughs> so where are you calling in from? From Michigan. Yep. And right now I'm at school. So just ended the school day and yeah, I live in Michigan and I've been here for about seven years, originally from New York. Oh, wow. So, okay. What made you go yeah. to Michigan? So I have family out here. And, and then after school, I got a job out here and then my life just kind of like blossomed here and I love it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm from Ohio originally. Oh, I, okay. I lived in Ann Arbor actually for a little bit for like an internship. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I loved it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, it's a beautiful state. I think it's very underrated because everyone always just assumes like one part makes up all of Michigan. I'm like, no, we have the Great Lakes. I'm a scuba diver. So like I've seen the beauty of all of Michigan. <laughs> Yes. No, Michigan is great. And you're right. It's, it's a lot better yeah. than people think it is. <laughs> yes. So what do you do for fun? So, oh my God, I feel like that's such, <laughs> such a loaded question. Um, so when I'm not at school, I, we're like, we live on a lake. So we're like big boating people. I haven't really got into the wakeboarding or skiing, but we're, we're boaters. We love paddle boarding, kayaking. My husband actually, like got us into climbing. So every winter we go ice climbing, which is like insane to like even think about until you like actually do it. And you're like, oh, wow, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. And then we're also, we're also climbing at. So we have a couple of national parks here in Michigan. We have Pictured Rocks National Park and the waterfalls freeze in the winter because it's like so cold up in Northern Michigan. And yeah, and it's like wild. Like you can actually climb the waterfalls and people don't actually like realize like that's a thing. <laughs> I had no idea. So I, yeah, and I can't get very high, but like I try it every single year and I give it a go. So yeah, then we're both um, certified scuba divers. So yeah, which was, I, I feel like everything with diabetes is always like, there's always a learning. You always have to like learn about, I feel like everything. And then you're also like relearning yourself with diabetes when it comes to doing like, even just like activities in itself, because you never know how your blood sugar is going to be, especially like underwater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, you know. That's awesome. Good for you. I love all the activities you do. These are like not typical activities. So I love 
great. I know I forget sometimes. I'm like, yeah, it's probably not like the norm. But yeah, then, you know, bicycle riding and traveling. So yeah, yeah a little a mix of everything. All of the above. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us more about your type 1 diabetes diagnosis. So I was diagnosed, oh my God, I feel like it's, it's been so long now, 29 years ago. I was, yeah, I was eight years old. And my brother and I are actually both living with type 1 diabetes and we're a year apart and we're diagnosed one year apart. And I just remember it's like the craziest thing because our diagnosis stories were just so different. Um, back in like the mid 90s, later 90s, diabetes wasn't really talked about. And there was like nothing really out there, especially with type 1 diabetes. So my, my brother, he was like so lethargic and always drinking water and laying around and then um he urinated the bed and then he was a little too like a little older for that so one day we were helping some friends move and he just passed out so he was rushed to the hospital and actually he wasn't diagnosed with type 1 diabetes right away it took a little bit the doctors came back and they're like oh he has some sort of like flu and my mom's like no <laughs> It's not the flu. So they did some more tests and um, they came back and they're like, oh, your son has type one diabetes. <laughs> so it, it was like, he was like five minutes from like death. Um, his blood sugars were just off the chart, unreadable. And then because we knew his symptoms, when I was starting to experience them, like the following summer, my I was actually visiting my dad here in Michigan and they brought me to the hospital right away and I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So it's been a ride. It's just, it's wild. Um, sometimes you hear siblings or family members that have type 1, but before my brother and I had type 1, no one in our family had type 1, even type 2. We just, there was no family history whatsoever. And then we both got it. It's <laughs> so crazy. Both got it, especially that close. So was he also eight when he got his? Yeah, we, we, it was like eight or nine or seven and eight. It's just like, everything is like such a blur. Um, and I feel like my whole life has been diabetes <laughs> because I don't really, him and I both don't really remember too much about like, you know, remember like life before, because we've been living with it now for like 28, 29 years. So I feel like it's all that I've ever known. And um, ironically, like I was at my sister's house yesterday for the Lions game and somebody that I've actually known for like a couple of years, we were talking and it turned out he had type one diabetes. And I'm like, how did I not know this? And he's like, there, here's my pump. Here's my CGM. And I'm like, but wait, I've known you. How have I not like known you? You live with also type one. So sometimes it's just like, you know, there's so many people around us living with type one diabetes. And sometimes we just don't even like realize it, even like people like in our circle. <laughs> yeah, that's so wild. Well, it's so, I mean, it's not good that your brother has type one too, but it must've been so nice growing up with somebody that understood what you were going through. It was, um, I always say like, this is, this is kind of like, it's ironic when he used to, you know, because back in like the mid later nineties, you did not have CGMs. You didn't have insulin pumps. We were mixing different insulins together. We were on like, what was it? Like NPH and then there was R and H or whatever they were. And you had to like manually pick, you know, prick your finger like eight times a day. So I remember he was like poking his, um, he was doing his blood sugar. And I just remember sitting at the table and he's like, 
do you want to do it? And I'm always like, no, not today, not today. And then finally, I'm like, if I ever had to do that, I would die. And then it was like the following year I got diagnosed and here I am today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you have any other siblings or is it just you two? Yeah, it's my brother and I, um, and then my father got remarried and they had three children, but so far they're, they're, you know, they're fine. I should, you know, it's like funny because as a patient advocate, I'm always like advocating, sharing resources. And I was like, you know what? I don't even know if my own siblings, if they were ever really through trial net or just throughout life, if they ever really got tested. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that like both parents have to have the autoimmune gene in their body for a kid to right. get. I don't know if that's true. Cause I'm like, well, I don't know. It doesn't seem right, but yeah, it's just like, it's also, there's so many different variables. Like you hear of people like um, before the vaccine, my brother and I both had chicken pox. And then there's people that are out there like, Oh, there was like a big group of you that had chicken pox. And soon after you got type one or people that had the flu, something was maybe triggered or people even, even saying like COVID now could, maybe trigger different things. So there's just so many possibilities of like where it can come from. But yeah, it'll always be like the greatest mystery. <laughs> so sad. It's so unfortunate. I was actually a COVID diagnosis. So I wasn't oh, that well, long ago. Yeah. yeah. And I know a lot of people who have came from like the COVID diagnosis, which is really sad. And it's yeah. only getting worse is what I hear. So it's not great, but I, and I think it's hard too, because people are like, Oh my God, you lived with it for like so long. Um, you know, how do you do it? And I'm like, to be honest, I was a kid and things were different and, you know, technology has evolved and education has evolved, but I actually feel bad for people that are just older and, and weren't a kid because I've lived with it, lived with it. And that's all I know, but people that are just getting it, they're like, Oh my God, Oh my gosh. And there's just so many changes and adjustments I feel like a little bit you know when you get it like later in life there um, yes I feel like so it's been almost three years for me and I feel like I'm still figuring things out but yeah, just, yeah. It's what it is you know you can't you don't have a choice so you just have to figure yeah, it out that's how I feel like even now like you know I feel like I'm definitely like a pro at it but there's always you're always learning something and I feel like there's just like all like it's kind of like diabetes is like a gateway and there's like, you never know kind of which, which other doors are going to open. And I'm, I'm actually pregnant right now. I'm 25 weeks pregnant. And that was like the biggest learning curve, like navigating diabetes and type one pregnant. Like I call it type one pregnancy because, you know, once again, my body is changing. My insulin needs change on a weekly basis. <laughs> so that's like a lot. It's, it, it's a lot, but Congratulations. That's so exciting. And if, if you don't mind me asking, what was it sure. planned? Like, were you able to, okay. So you were able to like get your blood sugars in control before. Yeah. And like, you know, this is like one of the biggest questions I've, I've like received. And I always say, this is a very loaded question. So when I tell people when they're like, Oh, you know, with diabetes, because I feel like taking like a step back, I feel like throughout my life, I've always wanted a family and I'm 35 when I deliver, I'll be 36. So I'm a little bit, you know, I'm high risk. And then you have like the age on top of it a little bit, but I feel like it's almost like the preparing is takes longer sometimes and even just like conceiving. So when I tell people, yeah, it took two months 
And here we are with, you know, 25 weeks later, you know, with our baby and it's, it, people are like, oh, like two months, like how? And I was like, well, you know, I, when I was a teenager, I had an A1C of 15 to 16. It was off the charts um, because as most young adults, we just kind of live in denial sometimes with having type one. And you go through, some of us go through like a little rebellious stage so, you know, after experiencing like that and also being in DKA a couple of times throughout life, that's when I really decided to like transform my life and my health. So I worked on my A1C for years and then I got the Dexcom, then I got the tandem pump and now I'm on control IQ and, and it's, I know, you know, technically can't really say this, but it's been so life-saving for me. And then that way I was seeing my A1Cs just go like that. You know, it was just like that. It was amazing with like having your blood sugars and your insulin just so well tailored to like your body and its needs. As, as soon as you get your settings correct, I feel like, you know, you're going to just like kind of cruise. <laughs> so my A1C, I got it down. It was like dropping. It was going from like, you know, from 15 to 16. And now then it was like eights for a bit, sevens. And then for the last four or five years, I've been in like the sixes. So when I, when I got married, I was like, okay, I, I, we want to have kids right away. We've been together for so long. I'm a little bit older now. So I planned about a year out to have that talk with my doctor to be like, Hey, I'm getting married here. We would like to soon plan. And so I had to kind of go through getting my body like pregnancy ready to even like kind of have that green light to even you know, start trying for a family. So I planned about a year out and my endo was like, okay, your A1Cs are in range. You have the green light. Let's take, let's check your labs. And then she noticed my um, thyroid level. It wasn't high by any means, but she wanted it a little bit tighter. So it was like creeping up, but it was so minimal, but she's like, that can make a difference with pregnancy. So I got on Synthroid and then I was taking my prenatals. So like I said, it's not just like, oh, two months. How did you do it? It was just the planning, you know, and, and just preparing yourself with diabetes. So, you know, you're not risking complications and complications for just not only myself, but also for the baby, because you hear so many things um, that, you know, with, with uncontrolled blood sugars and pregnancy, that there could be some things that may not be positive. But yeah, so I'm sorry, like going back, I feel like I'm like, woo -woo. but I feel like we've been told our whole life, um, or at least I have in reading and hearing it, like it's going to be so hard as a type one to like have kids or conceive. And I, and I think about that and I'm like, you know, wow, you hear this and you have this ingrained in your head. But at the end of the day for me, you know, it did take two months, um, which was like pretty quick, but it's also, like I said, just a process. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, as type ones, we do have to do that planning ahead of time. But the great news yeah. is you can get pregnant. You can have a baby. So, you, you know, we just have to do what we have. Yeah, and it goes exactly. It's like you have, it's like, for me, it's like type one, I have the age, I'm, you know, 35. So there's a lot of factors and each week, it's just, it's truly so different with like 
diabetes management and keeping your blood sugars and A1C so controlled. I get my A1C done every month. I get my labs done every month. And of course, like, you know, like this, the countless appointments. <laughs> oh, yes. So you said you're on tandem control IQ. Yes. Okay. Yes. How is that working out for you with the pregnancy? It's, I feel like it's just been my saving grace, having diabetes technology. I'm not sure if it, you know, I think having any technology, like you're already ahead of the curve because everything is so synced now where it's so tailored when your blood sugars are climbing up, you automatically get that correction insulin. And you know, the minute you're dropping, it cuts off your insulin for a, for a little bit. So I feel like that has helped so much. Um, and I know like there's also people out there that actually go through like insulin resistance. I haven't hit that stage yet. So I know like, you know, some people say around 25 weeks and later, sometimes insulin resistance is going to be like, it may hit, but I haven't experienced that yet. So, so far, everything is going well with my pump, well with control IQ. Um, I was able to keep it on. My endo was like happy with control IQ being on. I know like some people say, oh, I had to turn mine off. And I'm like, yes, but don't forget your diabetes is so different than mine. And you're going to experience things maybe different at different times than I will. And maybe I might not experience them at all. So I feel like we all have to kind of go into pregnancy and navigating it, learning as much as we can, but also keeping an open mind where we may not experience everything that you read out there. <laughs> right, right. And I saw you post on Instagram, your A1C right now is super low. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been fives for a little bit. And um, I post, I'm one of those that I post everything. So when I have a high blood sugar, like everyone's going to hear about it. When I have a low blood sugar and then like everything in between, because there's no such thing as perfect, even during pregnancy, even with a 5% um, A1C, it doesn't mean that I am in range 100% of time. <laughs> it's just, I think it's also about, you know, when you do have a little bit of a spike, it's like catching it early. So you don't have, you don't spike and you're not high for an extended periods of time. You know, you're catching it, you're making sure it's being corrected. And then, you know, and I think that's important because people, you know, sometimes on social media, everyone just posts the good and the pretty. And that's not reality, um, especially with like, being a type one and being pregnant. It's just, there's just no such thing as perfect. <laughs> no, oh, there's a lot of factors, hormones, a lot of, yeah. Lot of yeah. <laughs> but I think it's also good accountability, especially when you're pregnant. Um, you know, it kind of like, there's a lot of pros to it as much as there's, you know, we are high risk and we do go to a lot of appointments and our control has to be pretty tight. But I think at the same time, it kind of like sets you up to win because when you get your A1Cs like monthly, you're like, oh man, five, this is great. Let's see if I can continue it or even, you know, go lower. But I've, I've been five now since my entire pregnancy. I can't really like, I'm not fluctuating too much with that, but I feel like it's good. And you know how it is like, go into your endo every three months and getting an A1C. Sometimes you slip a little bit and you're like, oh, the, the next time I'll, you know, fix it or do better. But now when, when it's monthly, you're just like, oh, what's my next A1C? Because <laughs> it becomes so addicting being in range and, you know, seeing that five. 
plus when you know like you have a living human being inside of you it gives you like a yes. little bit more motivation I would say you know you get a person, you're like oh my god like there's something inside of me I have to take care of like yes because it, yeah like you said it's like not just you anymore because losing control of that management could just mean it, 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 it just open up another floodgate to other to other things but following yeah. a specific diet no zero yeah. <laughs> everyone gets another one. like oh my god you must eat like no carbs i'm like no i eat like five or six snacks a day and it's just about i think if you're so diligent with bolusing um pre-bolusing can sometimes be hard during pregnancy because early on i had really bad nausea and i was vomiting like eight to ten times a day and that actually, and that actually put me into the hospital. I went to the ER because I was like, okay, I, my blood sugars are perfect, which is like insane. They, they, they weren't even dropping. It was just a flat line and it's beautiful. But I was like, yeah, but I wasn't healthy at that moment. I was so sick and I had to get on, I got on Zofrin at, they put me on it at 11 weeks because it was just such an extreme case with like, you know, getting sick. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to dieting or not diet, but just like what I eat in a day, I just eat anything that I'm able to. Sometimes with pregnancy, you're like, oh, I can't eat meat anymore. Even though like I love meat. It's like, I don't, didn't want meat bread for sandwiches. I was like, nope, can't have bread. I can't smell <laughs> the bread. So honestly, I it's really funny. I call it the cookie diet. I was just able to eat cookies and keep them down so i was on like this cookie and cracker diet and you know i was just making sure my blood sugars were you know i bolus and just making sure like everything was you know going well you can eat whatever you want but i always say it's also like moderation too <laughs> totally yeah you know yeah you can eat literally cake cookies whatever whatever you know whatever you want but it's moderation making sure your bowl is saying making sure you're you know if you do spike correcting um and then getting back into your range so yeah but no diet well you hear that <laughs> folks you can have cookies and crackers and still have a 5a1c <laughs> that's amazing i love it <laughs> yeah maybe not maybe not proud of it but you know it, it, it works for you you have to do what works for you and you know with pregnancy it's just it's like I hate to say it but you're surviving you need to survive yes <laughs> so endo goes you need to eat whatever you need to eat to just be able to eat <laughs> how are how are the food aversions now is it getting better for you oh everything is like amazing now the minute I got on Zofran it just, it, it really just changed my pregnancy. And I just feel like I, I was starting to be able to like eat my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then my little snacks in between, rather than just eating things that wouldn't make me sick, which was like very minimal. So yeah, that really, that helped me a lot. And now it's like trying to like keep that balance. Okay. Do I have like my food groups? Am I making sure I have enough protein for me and my baby, but yeah, everything's going well. Growth is go growing, you know, going well is, you know, for the baby. And so far everything is healthy and great. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything you're nervous about, like for the remainder of your pregnancy in type one? Everyone is just saying, oh, insulin resistance. And I'm like, okay, but I haven't been there yet. I am, you know, I am as controlled as I can be. And you have to like, I feel like take each 
maybe I don't want to say obstacle, but each each week at it, like at a time with pregnancy. But I feel like, you know, I'm sure like most, most people, of course, delivery, you're just like, oh my God, my diet, you know, and I'm going in it as I am controlling my diabetes and everything. Like, I don't want anyone to touch it, anyone to try to control it. <laughs> yes. Um, and I feel like, you know, you hear some people that are like, oh yeah, my hospital was great. They let me just deal with it all, especially with having the technology. And then you hear other people that are like, no, they're going to be giving you your medication. Let's say this or that. And then, and I was like, oh, that's not going to work well for me. <laughs> especially because you know it way better than they do. Guaranteed. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> you should be allowed. Exactly. But I told my husband, I'm like, listen, you're going to be with me the whole time. You know what I need when I need it. So for anything, you'll be my person. <laughs> yes, exactly. If something happens, he can take over. Yeah, you're my designated person in, in case, you know, we need to do anything, you know, while, while we're delivering. So <laughs> I have unfortunately heard that like day of delivery, just because of everything happening, hormones, yeah. everything your blood sugar like goes sky high out of nowhere. That's what I've heard. And I'm like, oh no, that's that's pretty scary. Yeah, it is. But you know what? My whole thing is that, and maybe this is part of like childhood trauma a little bit too, is that I'd rather be higher than lower. There is like nothing in the world because coming down from a high can, can you know, take a little bit of time and you, you feel more tired and lethargic. But like trying to, I feel like with low blood sugars, you're survive. It's like survival mode. Even when I'm with like students and I'm just like, you know, because it's just survival mode. And then it's my whole body's like, you know, shaky inside, tingly. And it just takes a, it takes, I feel like such a, it could take a long time to feel back to normal versus when you're high, you're like, okay, I'm coming down and I'll be okay. But when you're low, you're like, you have that thought process, I think, especially for me, where it's like, I can't pass out. I can't pass out. What if no one knows what to do around me? What if someone can't get to something or they give me the wrong thing? <laughs> so that's my my thought process on it. You know, I agree. it's easier to function when we're high. Right, right. And low. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I feel like it's just now a new learning curve. And you know, going through like another thing in life with diabetes. Yes. Do you, speaking of that, do you have any recommendations for somebody who's either wanting to become pregnant or maybe just found out they're pregnant? Just when yeah. it, I, I, you know, there's amazing Facebook groups and I think having support is everything, especially with living with type one diabetes. I, it's one of those things where I feel like people, of course, like you and anyone can do it alone, but I feel like it was like the diabetes community and finding people and diabetes that have really helped me like become the person I am living with type one diabetes because I, there was always excuses like, Oh, I can't do this. I have type one diabetes or, or all this stuff. And then you see like these amazing people doing amazing things with type one and learning about all this technology. Then I, and knowledge is definitely power, but when it comes to like T1D and pregnancy, sometimes Facebook groups or groups in general, there's a lot of information out there. And a lot of people giving advice is just, you know, no one should ever give anyone medical <laughs> advice on the internet. So don't ever take it. And I always say, you know, starting with having a conversation, 
it's so scary to just be like, okay, I'm good. I want to have, I want to start trying for a baby, having that green light and your endo on board and getting everything lined up is just so important. So I think that's like the first, like big step is lining up your ducks with your endo, making sure you're going in like a safe direction. And then of course you have, you know, all the platforms to just learn more and, and learning about maybe experiences. Yes. You want all the tools yeah. in your toolbox, your endo, your OBGYN, your friends, like every, everybody all in there to help you through the process. Yeah. And it's crazy. The minute I started talking, uh, but when it came, you know, when we announced it, that we were expecting a child, all like these, all like, like people that follow me and everything reached out. Oh my God, me too. What, what do you do? Here's what I'm doing. And there were so many of us where I had no idea that there was like, a million of us pregnant at the same time living with type one diabetes. And it was honestly amazing because I felt even like, I don't want to say alone, but you know, it was just having that support. So I was like, Hey, let's make a chat. Does anyone want to join? I'm going to call it the T1D pregnancy chat. We have, this is like, it's insane. We have a hundred type one pregnant women in my DMs right now in a chat group and we talk every single day. And there are some there's also some type ones right now that are like, hey, I'm trying to conceive. We're in the process. Can I join the group? And I'm like, yeah, of course, because you know, I didn't really know anyone to talk to when we were trying. You know, it was just, you know, being you you talk to your endo, your doctors and whatnot, but having a support system especially for people, maybe even like living more rural, you know, <laughs> like not living in a place where there's like, you know, these meetup groups and, and everything. So yeah, there's a hundred of us. We talk every day and we like support each other. And we talk like literally about like everything T1D and pregnancy related. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's like unreal. Like sometimes I'm like, how did this even happen? <laughs> also funny you bring that up because for some reason I've also noticed on Instagram so many people that have type one are posting like yeah. pictures and I'm like oh, yeah. Yeah. I had three friends that I've known for like over the years now um just diet buddies from like Instagram I'm like oh my gosh oh my god like you're pregnant and you're pregnant and you're pregnant and we're all and I think it's like also cool to like be in a different age group being pregnant especially with type one diabetes because I've had friends that had kids like in their twenties or married early and I did everything later in life. So I was like, I'm going to be alone. All my friends, kids are all grown, like, you know, older now. And I'm going to be like older with a baby and have no mom friends. <laughs> and it's like, now it's like the opposite. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of people are now older when they're having kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just like to be able to share my story and say, Hey, diabetes is hard and no one is denying that, but we can do so much, you know, we can be over 30 and having our first child with type of diabetes. And we can do like all this, like crazy outdoor stuff with type one diabetes. It just makes you not, I don't want to say push the limits, but realize that like diabetes could be limiting in, in some, in some things, but when you learn your body and like you also accept type one diabetes, I feel like there's like a weight that like lifts off your shoulders and you literally just do everything. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I happen to have diabetes too. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. How do people get in touch with you? What's your Instagram? So on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, just at T1D Chick. Yep. So Amazing. that's where to find me if anyone has questions. Um, and I try to be on like different platforms because you have like diff different demographics everywhere. Like I talk to people, like people will like message me that are like, you know, 60 plus. And then you have like the teenagers that are like, oh, hey, where did you find like this pump accessory? Or, hey, what is, how do you get your blood sugar on your watch? And it's like questions like that, that like I embrace because there was a time where I was that person that would message people um, and be like, oh my God, another person like me posting about type one. Like, this is amazing. Like, because we aren't alone and there is a big network out there. You just have to like kind of find our diabetes online community. <laughs> yes. Thank goodness for social media it has connected a lot of us to yeah. all over the world. It has. Yeah. It's like, it's, I feel like social media could be a blessing or a curse, but for me, it was definitely like a blessing. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yes. We loved hearing your story. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode with Jillian. We appreciate you being here. If you have not already rated the show, please go ahead and do that. It helps us so much. And you're going to also help other type ones find this podcast to help them going forward for, you know, all the crazy life things that we go through living with type one diabetes. Also, if you don't follow us on TikTok, make sure to head over there now and follow us. It's at type one tribe. So a little bit different than our Instagram handle, which is type one dot tribe. But if you just type in type one tribe in TikTok search bar, you will find us. Go ahead and over and do that now. Also make sure to follow us on Instagram at type1.tribe. Check out our website, type1tribe.com. Really everything is just type one tribe. So <laughs> go search for us. We will see you guys in the next episode. Okay, bye.